0: We're rolling, we're rolling. We drive all day Stay cool, man. We got something special to be on today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast.
1: To
2: the 10, right to the 5, stood in for the score. Touchdown!
1: Yeah! Yes. Welcome in, everyone. This is the full 10 yards NFL podcast. Happy Thursday to all you lovely people out there. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all looking forward to week 10's action. Uh, a lot of stuff for you to get through this week. And to, joining me to do all of that is Lawrence. Lawrence, how are you?
2: I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm obviously watching out for, for black cats wherever I go. That <laughs> seems to have been the, the you know, the. Single most popular subject of the week, and I've even seen a, a Madden Twenty One cover with a black cat I on it, which, which made me chuckle.
1: <laughs> Giant Giants fans everywhere going out to buy that.
2: Oh yes! Yeah. Oh yes!
1: But we will get to that in first down. Four downs ahead of us today. First down, we're going to give you your recap. So social media results, Monday night football, and all the latest news ahead of week ten. Second down, we're going to get into to those week ten games. Uh, quite a lot of game, a lot of teams on a buy this week. Just the uh, six teams uh, to go. I'm not quite sure. We need, really need to. When the next uh, collection uh, CBA comes out, uh, we really need to be sorting out these these bye weeks, especially for fantasy football as well, because it doesn't help anyone. Third down is the quiz. Jack Humphrey over from Kickers Matter comes in over and puts his knowledge to the test in week nine and then on fourth down we are going to be looking at the MVP race obviously just over halfway in the season now so looking at the couple of top contenders there maybe some dark horses uh, who can come and steal the crown but that's a bit later on so let's get on and let's get on to first down first down so yes, first down. Let's get your catch up over the last couple of days. Your social media is obviously, Lawrence, you and Sean, you you picked your uh, your fancy teams for the rest of the season. Uh, the social results couldn't split them; it was exactly a 50-50 tie. Um, so we have to obviously keep an eye out on that one. See who comes. Did you did you and Sean come up with uh you know who you know, put a forfeit for the loser, or is it just a gentleman's bet?
2: No, this was this was just two two delightful Midlands gentlemen's just just having a um having some fun there and i think i i, I was quite happy to continue that draft um I, I managed to managed to get that little flex position going so that was that was fun i think that caught sean unawares
1: but <laughs> any any edge
2: all in all it was it, it's, it's always great to do a little mid-season draft because mm-hmm. you don't get to do that with with your actual fantasy team so i was Thought that was a really good, good fun little little mm. exercise there.
1: Yeah, yeah, putting that one out of the the uh, out of the hat there, putting taking Sean off guard is uh, out of the Belichick the, uh, the Belichick de- textbook.
2: Yeah, I, I even have my hoodie on. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, obviously, just a quick point on on, on season drafts. Obviously, t- Adam from Touchdown Tips, who's our resident tipster expert, he runs uh, he runs some draft kings at the weekend as well. So get in touch with us if you want to come and join join the fun, join the join the league and uh, try and win some of our quiche. But let's get into it. Uh, Monday Night Football recap. Dallas 37-18 to the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. Uh, Dallas struggled early on in this one. 9-3 down uh, with five minutes, probably about five minutes left in the second quarter until that black cat is all all about the black cat. uh dallas made the substitution bring the black cat on at safety G- game t- <laughs> turned from there um didn't start great out though for dallas like i say started with the first play a Dak dac interception that was not great but this game really came down to the red zone efficiency uh or lack thereof for the new york giants kicking field goals for fun even cliff kingsbury got a bit jealous uh 21 25 26 and 29 yard field goals there for rosas uh whereas you know Giants kicking field goals that Dallas was scoring touchdowns. Lovely individual touchdown from Michael Gallup, a highlight as well. Uh, just a, a, a kind of tiny note for me, I suppose, going into the Sunday night game, which we'll get onto a bit later on for Dallas. Uh, they were were a bit dink and donkey, which was a bit surprising considering they've come off a bye. Uh, but there was, you, know, you could see the, uh, the few sprinkles of magic there uh, from the play calling, and that was enough to get the job done. Uh, Lawrence, any takeaways from your Monday Night Football?
2: Yeah, I just I just thought it was interesting that they're really trying to mix in a bit of bit more Tony Pollard. Um, Zeke's even been quoted as saying that he's he's not having his best season, mm. so maybe there's there's I don't know whether there's a little niggle there or something, but it's not been been Zeke's best season by far, and he's he's wanting to get his third rushing title, but Tony Pollard is obviously. Impressing um, the Clappy Man, so you know. Hopefully, he, he continues to progress. So it's, it's always good to have a have a, um, a reliable backup running back because you just never know when something's going to happen.
1: No, and I, th- I think there's a lot of it was made of, obviously, the holdout from Zeke. And they were saying that they want him fresh, for, obviously, for the deeper, uh, the business end of the season. So it could be partly that. But, yeah, it is quite noticeable, actually, that, that, that Tony Pollard isn't just in for the one down, like on the third down or to, to spell Zeke and he comes back in. It's more um, you know, series that they, they kind of interchange every now and again. So, you know, Zeke might have four or five series and then Pollard might come in come in for one. So it might be yeah, a case that they're looking for the, later on in the season in the playoffs to kind of keep him a bit more fresh. Um so, yeah, because he was still going at six six yards per carry uh, in, in that game against the Giants, up some massive holes. But we'll get on to, uh, to Dallas a bit later on, obviously, when they face the Vikings. A couple of bits of news in the NFL to keep you up to date with AJ Green will not play on Sunday now uh, after, get have, I suppose, having a kind of reaction to some practice this week. Obviously, he was saying that he would be playing on Sunday, but... Uh, after a bit of practice uh, seems to be a bit of swelling so it won't be suiting up uh, they won't, the LA Chargers won't be suiting up in London apparently and they've done all they can to deny or quash those rumours of uh, the Chargers they, obviously the article from uh, The Athletic there um, saying that they could potentially be the team moving over to London considering the, the, the troubles they're having over in LA in terms of fans because let's, let's face it that's, uh, that StubHub Centre was full of Green Bay fans last week against the Packers wasn't it so um Whilst you know the owners are always going to come out and say that there's no there's no way we're going to be moving. You know that's because they've got potential sponsors and potential you know, advertising opportunities that they're potentially um, drowning. So yeah, they're always going to come out and say that. But keep your eyes on it. I don't I don't think the Chargers and I know Lee, our resident uh, Chargers fan, uh, wouldn't be necessarily a fan of it anyway. Um, but I suppose if they hadn't come out and said anything about it, Lawrence would probably you know divulge a bit more into it and kind of have a look at how it could work. But uh, I suppose at this point we have to take the charges, uh, owners you know, uh, at, at their word that they're, they're not going to be coming over and it might be, again, back to the kind of Jacksonville side of things.
2: Yeah, it, was quite, it was quite an, an expletive-ridden response, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it was certainly an adult response that, that was given to those those rumours that went out. This is It's, a, it, it's an interesting one because of obviously the fan base, as I was, I was saying on, on Monday's pod, is is actually less than you're getting for the likes of Forrest or Derby in the championship, mm. which is it's just embarrassing for an NFL franchise to to, to get 25,000 fans to a game without there being a, an earthquake or a, a natural disaster that, that's just happened. Mm. So we've, we've been talking a long time about the potential for the Jaguars to move over to London with the whole Shahid Khan linkage and all of that. So having the charges, I mean, it's it's something that I'm sure NFL executives in darkened rooms are talking about. So there has to be a tiny bit of substance in this. Mm. Um, my, you know, personally, I would love us to have an NFL franchise over in London, and I do think it is sustainable. I'm, I'm probably in a minority of people that that thinks that's the case. But when you're supporting a team that hasn't had a... Um, hasn't done anything good for about 25 years, you, you kind of you, you kind of welcome this. Mm. So, oh, you know, having gone to three of the London games this year, I know how popular it is. And people, if they have a team to actually root for, as opposed to being, you know, one in 32 and being a relative neutral in a game, you know, the, this could absolutely take off. It happened, you know, 25 odd years ago with the London Monarchs. That the the fans got into it, and the atmosphere for those Monarchs games back in the nineties completely outdoes all of these NFL international games because you're all rooting for the same team.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. If it's if it's one thing I know about English fans is they know how to make a noise, uh, so it could certainly make uh, some hostile environments, uh, especially at Tottenham Hotspur. It's a, it's a debate that's going to roll on until it actually probably happens, isn't it? So uh, I suppose any 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 breath now is is kind of wasted breath. But we shall, we shall we shall we shall wait and see on that one. A couple of other bits of injury news to catch you up on ahead of week ten. Uh, Mario Cooper had an MRI on his knee, um, missed practice today as well. So keep your eyes on that one. Robbie Gould uh, it seems to be doubtful for the game on Monday Night Football against Seattle Seahawks with a quad injury. Uh, one person that is coming back is Alvin Kamara. He's expected to play uh, this week against the Atlanta Falcons after missing two games uh, through injury. Another guy that's coming back, Darius Geis Washington Redskins running back, coming back off activated off IR with his knee injury. I think he tweeted out saying, "Let's try this again" or something, something of, of that ilk. So hopefully, um, uh, I can say it's quite a, probably a long shot that he's um, he's free of all his injury troubles, but we sh- we shall see. Uh, and then Lamar Jackson, finally as well. Uh, Lawrence, obviously one of your favorite players, expected to. To play against Cincinnati uh, with an illness. I don't think there's any other injuries, unless you know of it any off your off top your head.
2: No, 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 that that would do me. I was yeah, I was going to mention um, that that latest injury, but yeah, we're we're all up to speed now. I think.
1: Okay, so then let's get into it on second down. Second down. Now, before we get into second down, before we get into this week, uh, week's games, and it's quite hard to believe actually, but I've spoken to Justin Timberlake uh, to get it confirmed, and it might sound crazy. No the Jags, Texans, Patriots, Eagles, Broncos, and Redskins are on a. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, 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 bye,
2: oh, Tim, you really are in in sync with the kids of today,
1: despite oh, that song good.
2: being about 20 years old. That's very um, good. <laughs> it has been brought to the attention of the NFL, though, this song, already this season. In If you cast your mind back to week six, um, Russell Wilson threw a touchdown to Jerome Brown. Ah, yes. And uh, about four members of the Seahawks actually yeah, yeah. did the tribute. They did, to yes. Bye, Bye, Bye. I remember. And then they, they even... Um, tweeted NSYNC to say what do you think Mm. and NSYNC NSYNC came back and actually gave them a a set of perfect tens Mm. so you know very fitting song so mm. well done
1: there yeah no i remember actually they're, they're actually quite good at choreographing uh their, their touchdown celebrations aren't they as well makes make sure you wonder actually how much time they actually spend rehearsing that rather than uh, maybe some of their their route their route running or, or the rest of it but um, anyway
2: well pro- probably better than the, than they were in the 80s when they would probably go to a, a shed and have a beer so mm. um rather to practice routines than in, in, than kind of some of the stuff they would have done in times past, so absolutely. I'll let them off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Justin Timberlake, of course, big fan of the show. Shout out, shout out to you, my friend. Uh, all right, let's get this show on the road then. Second down, week 10 games. Let's get into it. Uh, Thursday night football starts off tonight. The AFC West gets into action. Oakland Raiders versus the LA Chargers. Lawrence, I suppose, uh, you know, before the start of the season, you wouldn't have expected or you'd have got decent odds on Oakland being the team with a better record out of these two teams as they head into this game.
2: Yeah, we got the we got the Raiders at four and four. We've got the Chargers at four and five. This is, this really is a a make or break for both teams. Unfortunately, both of them aren't boasting a winning record at the moment. And and for the Chargers, in terms of being dark horses, they should actually change their name to the Black Beauties. They've been dark horses for that many years yeah. going back. It's always that oh, they're the dark horse. We, we you never quite know. And they, they keep going through this same cycle of starting off really slowly, warming up and then getting better. Um, Philip Rivers, who's who's still going to his credit, and he's one of these people, is he a Hall of Famer? Is he not? Because he hasn't quite won anything, but he's got incredible statistics to go with his career. You know, he's, he's already at um, over, over 2,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, he has had the seven interceptions this season. Um, he's he's being let down slightly um, by the running game, which is is pretty much non-existent. Melvin Gordon's coming back, but he's he's not really proven himself yet. I think last week was his first half decent game. The the running game is being paced by Austin Eckler, who's now kind of moved into backup. Austin Eckler has been very impressive catching the ball. He's actually had 55 catches on 60 targets and leads the team with five touchdowns in the air. And this is, I think, the most most awesome statistic for Austin Eckler for the season. 497 of his 530 yards in the air are yards after the catch.
1: Oh, very good. Hmm.
2: Which is, which is whopping. Mm, yeah. we've, we've got um, the older Bosa brother, Joey, with eight and a half sacks and 13 and a half tackles for loss for, so far this season. And then going on to the Raiders, um, they've gone against that narrative of drafting a late running back and they picked Josh Jacobs early. And he's having a great season so far, 740 yards on the ground not as many catches i think i think coach gruden would love him to catch the ball more out of the backfield but his rushing yards as a rookie is actually only a couple of a couple of yards less than the number 2 and number 3 rookie running backs um who are 2 and 3 in the charts combined that's david montgomery and dalvin cooks backup alexander materson so Without doubt, this guy is going to be on all the Rookie of the Year odds that, that are going. The Raiders have been inconsistent, though, this season. Their, their best streak has been a, a two-game win streak, and with the Bengals and Jets after tonight, they could be moving up to seven and four. If they if they win tonight, they've got two easy games, and the rest of their schedule was actually all AFC opponents. They've got Two offensive linemen that are questionable in terms of injury, Rodney Hudson and Trent Brown. And to their credit, David Carr's only been sacked nine times this season, which is a really good thing. Da- da- David think... Carr, Derek Carr. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry yeah. David loves Derek. Yeah, yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. yeah getting confused with me, Carr brothers. Raiders receivers have been pretty awful this season and thank goodness they've had tight end Darren Waller who easily leads the team in targets, receptions, yards, yards after catch and first downs. When it comes down to it, there really is no home field advantage for the Chargers. So I'm, I'm personally going for a close Raiders win, 26-23.
1: Oh, prediction in there as well. Yeah, just to go back on your point, Philip Rivers, I think. Um, he certainly he's certainly up there top five top three of of quarterbacks to not appear in a super bowl all time that you know best quarterbacks you know obviously up there with warren moon and uh fouts and probably tony romo being a but a biased dallas fan as well but uh yeah, I mean it's another interesting one as well. If if the if we did divulge a bit further into the charges coming over to London, what what Philip Rivers would do because obviously he'd have to get twenty seven different passports for all his family members, but um, obviously he doesn't 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 need to worry about that. So I, I don't think he'd uh, probably stay in this in the into the US of eight. anyway. Let's move over to MetLife Stadium or MetNoLife Stadium for these two teams, Giants and the Jets. Get it on. Uh, yeah, interesting one really. These teams, yeah. You know, not really got anything to, to to play for anymore apart from jostling for picks uh, where, where they're going to be picking in the 2020 draft. Two terrible teams, both losing last time out as well. Essentially, obviously this is a home game for both teams. Could be actually a, a, a sneaky high scorer here if the QBs kind of step up and uh, pull their pants up or... Until their balls to pick a lane, as we used to say on this podcast. But uh, I'm, I'm sure that the Jets will be buying all the black cats that they can. Uh, no doubt, Adam Gates will try and probably steer them out as well. Uh, Leonard Williams' revenge game in this one, obviously being re- re- recently traded to the Giants from the Jets. Um, it's a hard one to call, really. I say he could be a sneaky high scorer, but, you know, you know, in fantasy football, you're not going to be, you know, you're going to be wincing when you're putting players into the starting lineup. No, none more so than Robbie Anderson, uh, who laid a, well, didn't lay a goose egg, but... Uh, disappointed last time out just 33 uh, receiving yards in a plus matchup but another plus matchup here for essentially both teams i suppose so yeah it's a bit of a hard one to call can donald you know, finally find some form he's having a rough time of it ever since he came back from that mono that mono illness that he had obviously yeah Lit the world, lit Dallas alight uh, in week six, but ever since, you know, he had a passer rating, passer rating in week seven against the New England Patriots of 3.6. I mean, you get, you get a, a better passer rating, rating for spiking the ball uh, every play, but um, yeah, not, not great. Obviously, lost to the uh, the winless. Uh, Miami Dolphins before they went into the game uh, not great, plenty of pressure on both of these teams, both uh, Adam Gase and uh, Pat Shermer as well so um, I, I suppose the team that makes the least mistakes uh, will be winning this one, but again, not travelling anything apart from the, the top end of the first round in the draft let's move on to uh, Atlanta, another team obviously going to be in in amongst the, the top 5 picks of the 2020 draft, they travel to New Orleans, uh, they, they face New Orleans Saints. Uh, Lawrence
0: yeah i mean this
2: is a this is the seven and one saints that that are are absolutely on fire against the damp squib of a of a falcons team we've got Matty ice coming back for the Falcons after missing the game um because of injury and i think that's the first time he's missed a game in about a decade yeah so you know when when you when you kind of pick up um matt ryan at the start of the season you, you kind of feel like you're gonna get sixteen games out of him so it, it was a bit of a shock that he missed a game, but um, good old Matty Shaw came in, and I think he he quite impressed in that in that one sort of cameo game that he's probably going to have for the season. So uh, uh, Matt Shaw is, is a perfect kind of kind of person that's going to go into coaching, and you can see that within five yards, within five yards, within five years, <laughs> he'll he'll be he'll within five yards. No, he, he was throwing the ball all over the place last week. I think within five years, he'll be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. It's kind of working that way with these backup quarterbacks who get a lot of time to sit and learn and, and, and train themselves up and, and and kind of have those skills. So Ryan's 15 touchdowns but eight interceptions, not good. I mean, he's he's going to be back looking for his, his number one target, Julio Jones. He's got 50 catches so far in half a season, so on target for 100. <clears throat> but he's just he's just got four touchdowns, Julio, so I'm sure he wants to improve on that. Um, leading the team in receiving touchdowns is actually tight end Austin Hooper, who is having quietly a really, really good season. He's already caught 52 balls. So, again, for Austin Hooper, he could end up with you know, top three tight ends by the end of the season and nobody's talking about him at all because the Falcons have only won one game so far this season and he's making up, I think, for a lack of production from second-year wide-out Calvin Ridley who hasn't really kind of hit the heights that he had as a as a, as a rookie. Um, the Falcons' defence obviously is the single biggest problem. Seven sacks in the season... And only one person on the entire team has got an interception. Desmond Trufant, he's got two of them to his credit, but seven sacks and two interceptions for half a season for an NFL team—that is not going to get you any anything in the in the win column. Hmm. Yeah. Moving on to the moving on to the Saints, they've got a future Hall of Fame quarterback Drew Brees back. who um, came back and, and just slid right back into where he was before he was injured. Um, fortunately, he's got the team on a six-game win streak and I think obviously soon to be seven. And Michael Thomas, who, again, he hasn't really been talked about considering his, um, his stats are phenomenal this season. He, in fact, is on pace just about to beat Marvin Harrison's 143 catch season which is the NFL single season record which was set back in 2002 Um, as you said Alvin Kamara is also back after picking up various knocks little poor kind of statistic for Kamara in his six appearances so far only two touchdowns Mm. a lot of people would have been drafting him as their number Mm. one pick not their first round pick their number one pick in fantasies this year. And he hasn't really lived up to that billing. We've got um, cornerback Marshall Latimore is leading a really tough secondary. He's got nine passes defended to date. And 10 Saints have actually reported a sack. And I just want to give credit. I like to do my little little credit to um, unknown people. One person who has a sack for Saints is a defensive tackle by the name of Shy. Tuttle. <laughs> so, go. I don't. I don't even know what what sort of pun to add no, to it. No, it. was called Shy Tuttle? Yeah. Anyway, straightforward win for the Saints here. Mm. I've yeah, got thirty six seventeen.
1: Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, Atlanta. I mean, they're they're in a mess, aren't they? They've signed. They've got. They've got a lot of cap space you know, tied up in their in their main protagonists on offense and. Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult unless they unless they blow that whole thing up. I'm not quite sure how they kind of get out the rut or the vicious cycle that they that they are in. But yeah, New Orleans going from strength to strength as well, and say getting a couple of people back now as well as they they look to secure that first round bye over in January. Let's move over to Kansas City, who look to, look to be doing the same in the AFC. They face the Tennessee Titans, or travel to Nashville. Patrick Mahomes should be back in this one. Couple of full practices this week so far, so you can expect him back. Um, team actually done really well. In his absence, Andy Reid and Matt Moore guiding them to one-and-one one against games against uh, the Vikings and the Packers. So, probably done well to get one-and-one one out of those two uh, those two uh, fixtures. Last time these two played, of course, Titans shocked the Chiefs in the wild card round in the playoffs. I think was it last year or the year before. I think it might have been last year, actually, uh, come to think of it. But Tennessee won the last three against Kansas City as well. These two teams don't really face each other too much. Kansas City... Uh, are unbeaten it away from home that thus far as well, so that stands them in good stead. Despite Mahomes missing two games, they're still second in pass yardage per game and sixth in points per game as well. Note on Travis Kelsey, currently uh, the mark of the devil, 666 receiving yards currently so far this year, so i look, be looking to, to get that off his back. Tennessee, I always find Tennessee are a, are a hard team to try and get right. They've not really... Not really beaten anyone this year. They've beaten the Browns, the Chargers, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons. Uh, their four wins. So probably you probably do fancy Kansas City for this one. Arthur Smith and, uh get, get, oh, you know under a lot of pressure this year. Ryan Tannehill's obviously coming at, at quarterback, uh, benching for Mariota. So uh, a lot of a lot of issues going on over in Tennessee. It'd be interesting to see what kind of off season they do they do have here. But you you, you fully expect a six and three pack, uh, Kansas City Chiefs team um, to 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 stay on the winning trail. Uh, after their win against Minnesota last week, uh, not maybe relying so much on the boots of Harrison Butker. Uh, but it should be, should be a decent game, a big game for Tennessee as well in terms of divisional, uh, the divisional side of things. I think, think if they lose here uh, and the Colts maybe get, get a win uh, there, could be a bit good night there for the divisional, but uh, I, I can certainly see uh, an eight and eight, maybe a nine and seven team getting into the playoffs through the wild card. So Tennessee probably won't give up uh, aspirations for that. But yeah, should be should be an interesting game. Uh, one for you, Lawrence. Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati they're done and dusted, but Baltimore probably getting into the playoffs via the divisional uh, divisional win.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I, as we all know about my Lamar Jackson man crush and I've I've um, put that to the test this week. My Sky Sports team has got Lamar at quarterback and the Ravens running game, so I'm pretty confident, despite Lamar Jackson missing practice today. I think that's just an illness. I think he's going to be okay. The absolute statistic of the week um, for this game... Hashtag stats life. Yep. <laughs> oh, we, need to, we need to get that drop in. Yeah, we do. <coughs> Since 1970, no team has ever played a team that was 8-0, followed by playing a team that was 0-8. So, as far as I'm concerned, you can actually hear Admiral Akbar in the background shouting, It's a trap! (laughs) So, um, the Ravens really do need to be careful here. It's one of those games that you can't take for granted, Every team can be every other team on any given week. We know that, so they've got to go in fully focused. The the Bengals' failings, you know, I have come round to your way of thinking, Tim. They're not completely Andy Dalton's fault. He has taken twenty nine sacks already before he was yanked for rookie Ryan Finley, but he has thrown eight interceptions. The Bengals running back Joe Mixon is arguably the biggest disappointment as a as a running back in in the season 3.2 yards a carry and zero rushing touchdowns it's pretty shocking mm, not good there's, there's there's really nothing to get excited about watching the Bengals no. AJ Green is out for the Ravens Going back to to my boyfriend, Lamar, he's on pace to absolutely smash the quarterback rushing record. And we've just got to pay credit to his passing stats, which are okay. I mean, yardage-wise, he's right in the middle of the pack. But he's only thrown five interceptions this season. He has thrown for over 1,800 yards. So he's on pace for a nice, sensible kind of... Three and a half thousand yard season on the air, which is probably didn't not what people had expected at the start of the season. He's almost at sixty five percent on his completion rate. One little nugget though: forty five percent of his passes are going to tight ends, which is probably going to be one of the one of the top in the in the entire league. Um, maybe contributed, you know, maybe San Francisco have probably got that. They're up there with that figure. But this was expected. I've got a big Ravens win. I'm not gonna say a score, but this is this is a three score win for the Ravens. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry, Adam to pile more more misery on, but I'm sure you'll be comforted by the fact that you get the number one pick ne- in next year's draft. Obviously, we'll talk about Lamar Jackson in fourth down as well. So I'll save all my uh, superlatives for then. Uh, someone we're not going to be talking many superlatives about is Baker Mayfield as they um, they welcome the Buffalo Bills, the six and two Buffalo Bills, into uh, into the dog pound. This for me is it's a bit funny actually. You, men- you mentioned obviously Baltimore a bit of a trap game. This could quite easily be a trap game for Buffalo. Uh, I know Cleveland are two and six, but this got kind of all the hallmarks of a Cleveland win. You know, no one's really expecting anything of them anymore. Just humping, um, piling on, uh, just you know, trash on onto the Browns and a lot of dumps to fire stuff. Um, it's gonna be a difficult game for Buffalo. Uh, you know, poor loss for, for Cleveland last week. You know, uh, making it four in a row now that they've they've lost. They, they, they're not they're not having a good time of it are they? They've only, they only scored twenty five points uh, t- more, twice this season. So the thing is, as well, how you beat Buffalo is, is on the ground. So Nick Chubb, obviously one of the better running backs in the league. Cream uh, Hunt, as well, could be back for this one. So we, we could see we could see if that um, kind of manifests itself. It'd probably only get a couple of touches, maybe a couple of carries. But it could pierce the Buffalo defense, who have uh, given up 111 yards on the ground per game. But the problem is the Cleveland the Cleveland Browns are given up 141 yards on the ground per game as well. So uh, that's the third worst in the NFL. Uh, Devon Singletree, obviously, on the back of his breakout game last week, could capitalise. Maybe even Frank Gore could get some yardage as well. He didn't have a great time of it last week, did he? Uh, even if you know, even if Kareem Hunt, though, for the, for the Browns, sees a bit of the field, probably won't be in a big way. I know quite a lot of people in fantasy have been picking him up this week, so just uh, temporary expectations maybe for a couple of weeks. I'm not, you know... So it's, I want to see it on the field first before you can kind of believe into in in that. But we should, we shall see. Probably just feel, give him a few touches, building back up to speed, uh, and then maybe see what they've got. But Nick Chubb should uh, should still be okay in this one. Buffalo going to be handy favourites in this one, quite right too. They, they're obviously pushing on for wild card spot as well. In in uh, probably one of the best places to do that. Uh, not really got much not even an outside chance uh, of winning the east but certainly uh, in the driver's seat for the uh, for the wild card spots uh, let's move over to Tampa Bay Arizona Lawrence
2: looking at this week's schedule this to me is actually the single most fun game of mm. the week yeah. it's got zero playoff implications you've got a 2 and 6 bucks team against a a 3 5 and 1 cardinals team that Let's be honest, they're not going to the playoffs this season, even if they went on, a, on an amazing run. It's just not going to happen. We've got two teams that like to pass the ball. They've both got porous defences. And, and the real question mark is, is which James Winston's going to turn up this week. We've had the five-interception version that came over to Tottenham that I saw um, in front of me, which was entertaining because we ended up with a high-scoring game, but but not for Buccaneers fans, versus the the one that last week went toe-to-toe with the Seahawks and only to, to lose in overtime to one of the top quarterbacks in the entire league. And And Winston can have a game without interceptions. He proved it last week. So we're really not quite sure which version's gonna turn up. What we do know that is Winston's gonna last the season. Because there there's there's been that flip flopping the last couple of years. Is he gonna start? Are they gonna bench him? He's he's done enough to to see out this season, definitely, at least. Mm. And talking about people who are kind of starting to shine, Buccaneers second year running back Ronald Jones is He's getting, the, getting those kind of confident um, quotes from the coach. He's he's currently at 381 yards rushing, three touchdowns and impressively no fumbles so far. And He seems to be earning that starting role over Peyton Barber. Um, where the Buccaneers' strength lies, though, is the best, I would say, in my opinion, hopefully you agree with me, the best one-two wide receiver combo in the league. Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin have got a combined 104 catches for 1,608 yards and 13 touchdowns.
1: That's a lot of yards.
2: And and in terms of other receivers that aren't called Evans or Godwin that play for the Buccaneers, they've combined for the seven catches. Looking at you, I'm looking at
1: you, so, yeah. you Brashar Perryman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and everyone else you can't name because mm. the Rashad Perriman's a stretch. So I'll give you give you credit for even giving getting his name out there. For the for the Cardinals, they've been listening to a lot of Drake. That's Kenyan Drake praise. That is 162 yards in his debut was a huge surprise, and anyone who had the audacity to put him into a starting fantasy lineup probably won their week as a result. I think he's really enjoying the change of scenery, but I can't expect that output to carry on with David Johnson probably back this week. Kyler Murray, interestingly, is leading the Cardinals team in rushing, so that proves that David Johnson really right. isn't. Yeah. That that whole kind of myth is it's become a myth now. The David Johnson myth. Just I think fantasy teams are just. I'm not talking a bit much fantasy here, but people have just got to give up trying to think David Johnson is this person who's going to get a 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. No. It's just not going to happen. No. And, and aside from the likes of Larry Fitzgerald, there are no Cardinals receivers that are really sticking out. Mm. All in all, a high-scoring, fun game, and I, I'll give it to the Bucks because I just... I've just feel for James Winston after last week.
1: Mm. Yeah, Christian Kirk could have himself a nice game. Say two porous uh, secondaries, even with with Patrick Peterson returning. There's not really done much to that, to that defense, but we shall see. Uh, talking of ugly games, this one in Chicago and Detroit could be an ugly one at Soldier Field. Uh, poor Detroit uh, team, you know... Poor Detroit defense against a poor uh, Chicago offense. Something's got to kind of give in this one. Probably it's going to boil down to once again uh, David Montgomery game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him replicate his 2D touchdown performance last week in the loss to the Eagles. Uh, nah, obviously, start of the season. No one really saw. Uh, yeah, yes, we saw a Chicago regression, uh, yeah, not necessarily on the on the defense, but no one really saw them be bottom of the bottom of the division, the NFC North, at this stage in the season. Uh, Detroit 3-4-1, Chicago bottom at 3-5. and five. Detroit have done okay. Um, they've gutted their team out though through either injury or trade so it's not really gone that well for them. Uh, past defence is the main reason uh, Oakland put 30 on them last week. Uh, just the one winning four as well for Matt Patricia and those Lions. It was interesting obviously last week uh, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones both having decent games. You usually get one or the other it's kind of like Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans is usually one or the other uh, that do have a good game but both of those uh, had a good one at last week with this uh, Chicago defense obviously a bit of a a different proposition Uh, I'm not going to say that a win for either team here propels them back into the wildcard place I don't think I think it's too far gone now for though that, that boat sailed there for Chicago and Detroit, uh, won't be probably many people watching this one either because it's not the uh, most attractive game uh, on paper. But uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some fantasy implications. Uh, obviously, it's been interesting Matt Stafford having a going under the radar in terms of you know just airing the ball out, um, having a really good season as well. So it'd be interesting to see if he can continue that against uh, a Chicago defense. That's not obviously not as good a, as the 2018 version, but uh, still uh, still fierce nonetheless. So um, yeah, good luck if you're watching that that game, uh, and also good luck if you're watching Indiana versus Miami, Lawrence.
2: Yeah, we've got a five and three Colts team who are a walking mash unit at the moment. And I do really sympathize with with Frank Wright. at this stage on Thursday, we don't know if Kobe Brissett's gonna start or if Brian Hoyer's gonna get a second game. The the Colts are just one game behind the Texans in the division. So mm. this is it's real kind of crunch time games. So not that they'll want to bring Brissett back if he if he can't go, but there there will be that extra pressure because mm-hmm. they're hanging in there in terms of trying to compete for the division. Poor old Colts receiving core, I you know, just just devastating. That Paris Campbell, their rookie who was looking impressive, out with a broken hand. T. Y. Hilton, who's their their mega star, listed as doubtful. And they've already had three receivers that they've placed on injured reserve, so we're we're down to the likes of Zach Pascal and Chester Rogers um, to take the bulk of the work. So if you haven't got either of those and you need a you need some sort of receiver slot field, mm. probably probably go for one of those two. But mm. it's a bit of a gamble which one's going to have a, a bigger game. What they could have done, the Colts really is 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 picked up Josh Gordon. That would have been a, a huge bonus for them, but he's he's gone off to Seattle and and he's been declared fit as well, Josh Gordon. So it's it's you know good good for Seattle, bad for bad for the Colts. Mm. The Dolphins are, are absolutely on fire. They're on a one game <laughs> winning streak with, with Brian Fitz magic. But that that streak's gonna end as soon as it's begun. Mark Walton suspended. He was emerging as a as a as a running back, not not a top ten or anything, but he was he was looking like he was developing himself. Suspended four games, and he's had problems in the past. This is substance abuse suspension, so we might not see him again this season. The Dolphins might just say thank you very much, don't come again. Preston Williams, their receiver, also done for the season. I've got this as a as an ugly game, but uh, a Colts win, um, and they they're, they're going to rely on the the legs of Marlon Mack to get this victory.
1: Mm. Yeah, it certainly should be straightforward. It's an interesting quandary, isn't it, the quarterback position for the Colts? So I have to see how that plays out. Jacoby Brissett, I think, practiced yesterday and no, it was it yesterday or Tuesday, and no 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 ill effects. Uh, the day after, so um, looking all signs looking good there for Jacoby Brissett could obviously looked a lot more serious uh, when it happened. Let's move over to Carolina, where it is a bit more serious for Cam Newton. Obviously, he's landed on IR as well. Watch out for an article coming your way very soon as well. It's called Cam Newton, the ripple effect. Um, so, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that one. But yeah, Carl Allen obviously stepping in. Uh, for him, it'd be interesting to see actually how Kyle Allen plays in this one and what they kind of do with him because you know, he hasn't got the pressure anymore of Cam Newton kind of in his you know, in his shadow, uh, and he you know, he's not got the pressure of probably being hooked. He's going to probably have the job for the rest of the season because Will is not pulling up any trees. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of how Kyle Allen plays. Does he feel the weight on his shoulders of the team, or can he just play with with freedom and, and looseness that uh, probably that all, all quarterbacks uh, do desire? So yeah. It'd be interesting to see, see how that one's. Obviously, they're they're going to lean on uh, MVP candidate Christian McCaffrey. He should go bananas again. Um, you know, Green Bay not uh, the staunt defense that maybe people thought they were uh, earlier in the season. Just short 20, 21 yards at the moment for on, in terms of pace for Chris Johnson's uh, all time scrimmage record. So keep your eye, we will keep an eye out on that one for you as well. Keep you updated uh, week to week. But like I say, yeah, Green Bay defense not really done too much, but their offense um, stuttered last week against the Chargers as well. It'd be interesting. It's quite interesting actually. A few stories coming out saying that they maybe perhaps enjoyed a bit of a LA too much and um, got over there a bit late, had a bit too much fun, and then uh, and then pulled out. Uh, you know, a poor performance and you know, had a bit maybe a bit too much fun, not too much pleasure, not enough business. Um, yeah, not not a great first half, not even a great second half, really, for Green Bay and the boys. So, back at home at Lambeau, welcoming in the Carolina Panthers. Interesting game, this one. Like I say, Green Bay top of the NFC North, but Carolina need this one for the wild card. Pretty much, uh, Green Bay could probably do the loss, but again, Lambeau Field is a tough place to go. Let's go over to Pittsburgh and the Rams, Lawrence.
2: This is a sneaky, interesting game. You you look at the Steelers; they started absolutely flat out of the gate. Norton three to start. Now they're on a three-game win streak, and beyond the Rams this week, they've got the likes of the Browns home and away, the Bengals, and the Cardinals, um, weeks eleven to fourteen. So they they could be looking. Quite pretty um, by the time we hit the last last kind of quarter of the season. Mason Rudolph there the quarterback has been streaky, but but to his credit, he's hanging in there. Steelers run game has been a bit under par, but James Connor's back from his injury this week. Juju Smith Schuster. I, I,
1: I, I think I think I read sorry, I think I think I read something that Connor's not playing this one. Is he out? Yeah, I think he's out, yeah.
2: It was it was questionable. Mm, I think he's out. Um, that that makes it even tougher. Mm. Smith-Schuster, um, the receiver, been pretty underwhelming. Only 33 catches this season, only three touchdowns. Um, but the the rest of the Steelers receiving corps, Deontay Johnson and James Washington, they've been equally uninspiring. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask. So for them to be on a three-game win streak, is, I think it's credit to a bit of Tomlin coaching magic there. Rams, on the, on the other hand, third in their division at the moment. And their last two wins have not really been any indication of how good or bad they are because they've played the Falcons and the Bengals. Todd Gurley has absolutely stunk as a, as a dual threat. You, you, again, would have been drafted early, probably, even though people realise that he had that injuring, lingering injury from last season. He's caught only 15 passes. But what makes it even worse is those 15 passes have only yielded 81 yards receiving in seven games. Little little tip for a um, someone who who's is on the up curve is receiver Josh Reynolds, who I think is going to step in admirably for Brandon Cooks, who's out with another concussion. And I think Brandon Cooks, the coaching staff has seriously got to look at him because I think he's had multiple concussions this season already. Mm. Yep. The Rams are, in fact, one Cooper Cup injury from actually completely imploding. Because without Cooper Cup, they are they are looking pretty flat. I think, personally, the Steelers are going to continue their hot streak in this one and outlast the Rams because they're going to fail to get a running game going. Mm-hmm. So... Quite a quite a close one, a sort of twenty one seventeen, twenty one nineteen, low scoring, gritty affair. But well, I'll give it to the Steelers.
1: Mm, quite cool there, actually. Yeah, quite a lot of people go the other side there on that one, but yeah, very interesting to see that one. Let's go head over to Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys host the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas five and three, Minnesota six and three. Has all the makings of a cagey affair. This one I think uh, would be a one that certainly, certainly I'll be hiding behind my sofa. Uh, as the game goes on. I think I saw some of Kirk Cousins at like 6-13 and 13 on primetime. Uh, obviously, the media always quick to jump on his back, so maybe, uh, hopefully, he can uh, have a repeat performance of that and help Dallas to a victory here. Obviously, he did win last time out on primetime, obviously, beating your Washington Redskins, uh, Lawrence. But uh, I think this, one, this game's going to come down to... The team that are more aggressive, the more aggressive play calling, and you know, obviously it goes without saying, the team that executes the best, keeps the ball better, time of possession, because uh, you, you know you've got uh, you've got. Two teams here with two premier running backs. You know, fourth and fifth best teams in terms of yardage on the ground. Zeke, uh, we did we did meet, we did mention at the start of the uh, podcast that he's come out this week saying that uh, other RBs have had better games than he has. But he, like I say, he had some humongous holes uh, from that from that O line against the Giants last week. Six yards per carry uh, on Monday Night Football. Zeke currently averaging in 4.7 yards, but Kerry Cook 5.1. So again, they're at the uh, upper echelons of that kind of stat. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see which team can get their run game going. Obviously, Gary Kubiak and the Vikings all about the zone run. Uh, and obviously, uh, the Dallas Cowboys just creating those huge holes and Zeke falling forward for about 10 yards. Uh, each time, so yeah, fascinating game from a run perspective as well. Should be a proper, proper good old slobber knocker from the in the trenches, uh, and obviously the team that obviously executes better, less penalties uh, will, will come out on top. Like I say, Dallas took a bit of a time to get going against Dallas on, uh, against the Giants on Monday night, so obviously can't afford to do that against the Vikings. Uh, but it's an interesting barometer here for Dallas, who you know haven't really beaten anyone this year. Lost to Saints and the Packers, uh, and the Eagles are the best team that they've they've beaten this year as well. So. Uh, um, again, ooh, interesting, and and again, yeah. You know, the, the Cowboys, uh, it's a it's a big game for the uh, for the wild card implications. so say I can't see the East sending two teams to the playoffs as well, uh, and the Vikings obviously needing to keep track with it. the Packers. Okay, round us off then, Lawrence. Monday Night Football should be a cracker. NFC West: San Francisco, Seattle.
2: Yeah, this is really really juicy divisional matchup arguably the best Monday night football game of the season so far. No pairing in terms of this week's games can even get anywhere near the combined 15 wins of the 8-0 49ers and the 7-2 and Seahawks. This is not something we would have expected at the start of the season. I don't think anyone had this as, as kind of uh, two teams with 15 combined wins. I kind of cast my mind back to 12 months ago, and I'm sure it was around this time that the 49ers were starting Nick Mullins mm. and the, the 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 legend of the Mullins. <laughs> so fast forwarding that on a, a year, and and the 49ers as the only undefeated team to this point. So I do have a little little sneaky prediction coming up. 49ers move into the hardest stretch of their season which includes rogue games in in Baltimore in New Orleans in the next month. Good news for the 49ers running backs who, who don't really need any additional help. They seem to be doing it all by themselves, but they've got their their best friend Kyle Uschuk back their their back. We've got some very weird ball allocation for the 49ers. I've just I've noticed this it's, it's just a really weird anomaly. The top five receivers for the 49ers all have catch totals, catch totals divisible by eleven. There so you've you got go. Debo Samuel with twenty-two catches, and then the four receivers after that, which includes recent signing Emmanuel Sanders, all have eleven catches. There you go. I can't, I can't imagine a team where they're kind of wanting everybody to have the equal amount of catches. Mm. It's just it's just a bizarre statistic when I was when I was looking at it. I think Emmanuel Sanders going on to him, he's he's really gonna be licking his lips for the second half of the season now that he's with the team that are playoff bound as opposed to the the blessed Broncos. And Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, I mean this is the most special combination between a, um, a quarterback and a receiver, mm-hmm. I think, out there at the moment. Yeah. We'll obviously come on and talk a little bit about Russell Wilson in a bit. But the Tyler Lockett stats, 59 catches, 767 yards, six touchdowns. It's probably not leading any category in the NFL at the moment, but it's when you watch the two of them together. That timing, that absolute trust and faith when it comes to the, a crunch time catch—I don't think there's a better combination in the NFL. Mm. And the Seahawks are benefiting. Josh Gordon is is going to be suiting up shortly, and their rookie receiver DK Metcalf, who looks on when you, when you see him on film, you, you think he's about six foot ten. Mm. He's he's just a huge, huge guy. Um, He's averaging over 18 yards a, a catch, and he's, he's got five touchdowns to his name as well, which is, is really good for a, for a rookie receiver. And he's probably just about taking over from Terry McLaurin as the, the, the top rookie receiver of the season. I think by the time he gets to the end of the season, he, he's probably going to lead the categories. And is Chris Carson the most underrated starting running back in the NFL 941 total yards and 5 touchdowns we've Mm. got a fun game and I've got Russell Wilson to provide some 4th quarter magic and and actually snap that 49ers unbeaten streak
0: Mm.
1: yep love it Okay, that's all week 10 in the books but what can you remember from week 9 it's time of third down it's time for the full 10 questions Full ten questions time here on the full ten yards, and we invite one of our one of our podcasting buddies over from Kickers Matter, uh, Jack. Uh, I saw you obviously Sunday at Wembley, bit worse for wear, uh, but did you enjoy the game? <laughs>
0: Um, I can't remember much of it, mate. To be honest, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
1: you say, I was a bit worse for wear. Mm. I had um, a few too many shots on the Saturday night. Yeah, certainly, certainly looked that way. it's only uh, <laughs> usually my family or uh, my wife that looked right through me. But you, uh, you, sir, when you walked past me, looked absolutely straight through me. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was good. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, no, it was good to meet you, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, considering your state, uh, the state of mind, I, I suppose you didn't really uh, remember too much from the the last week of NFL football.
0: Um, no, not really. I, I tried to forget. Anyway, being a Giants fan half the time. So. <laughs>
1: well, I, there is there is the Giants question in there, so we'll see. How you, we'll see. We'll see how. Okay. You, uh, yeah. So we'll We'll see. We'll see. See if you uh, blanked out from your mind. But uh, before we uh, before we get into that, just maybe want to plug your pods for people that don't know uh, about you.
0: Yeah, you can uh, find us on Twitter at kickers underscore matter. We're just a fancy football podcast. Um, just talk general rubbish half the time, really. <laughs> <laughs> Come and find us over there.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Right, I've uh, I've set my stopwatch. Are you ready?
0: I am. Mate. Let's
1: do it. Okay. We're going to start the clock in three, two, and one. Question one: Name any player that scored a touchdown for Arizona on Thursday night football.
0: Oh God, uh, Kenyon Drake.
1: Question two: How many points did Jacksonville score at Wembley?
0: didn't hang around long enough to have <laughs> free <laughs> which,
1: uh, which game which uh, game had the most points in week 9 uh,
0: would that be the 49ers and cardinals
1: okay question 4 which game oh, no,
0: no i've got that wrong
1: which, <laughs> which game had the smallest winning margin of just 2 points um
0: cool, you give me some good questions here uh I don't know, pass.
1: (laughs) Okay, question five. How many uh, scrimmage yards did Christian McCaffrey get versus Tennessee? 166 or 186?
0: Uh, I'm going to go for
1: 166. Okay, question six. Which player scored both touchdowns for the Chicago Bears against the Philadelphia Eagles? Both touchdowns
0: against the Eagles. Uh, David Montgomery?
1: Question seven. How many points were there in the Detroit-Oakland game? Over 50 or under 50?
0: Detroit-Oakland, there was over 50.
1: Okay, question
0: eight. Which player
1: had more passing yards in the Jets-Dolphins game? Sam Donald or um, Ryan Fitzpatrick?
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Okay, question nine. Which animal trespassed onto the field in Monday Night Football? (laughs) 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question 10 you love to see it question yeah. 10 within 20 he was <laughs> yeah, exactly i know we'll get onto that maybe in a minute but uh, question 10 within 20 how many russian yards did baltimore rush for in total against the new england patriots oh,
0: um i'll go 242 okay stop
1: the clock okay how do you think you did didn't do too bad Terrible. considering you were hungover for most of the weekend. <laughs>
0: Terrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, we'll see. We'll see how we go. Uh, okay, question one. Uh, Kenyon, you could have had. Yeah, Kenyon Drake is correct. He scored a, a touchdown. He scored a couple. I uh, know he just scored one, didn't he? Uh, Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson were the other two. Jacksonville, of course, just the Josh Lambo field goal. There, pathetic three points from Jacksonville. Uh, I suppose it wasn't too bad for you considering. Uh, say so you were. Uh, a few pints down the hole, but uh, never mind. Yep. <laughs> uh, which game had the most points? I've got Tampa Bay and Seattle, was the uh, yep. Was the most there. Yep. Of
0: course
1: it was. Question four smallest winning margin was uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two points, obviously, the shank there as well from Vinateri. Uh, uh, question five scrimmage yards for Christian McCaffrey was 166, so we're on, on that one. <laughs> question six which player scored both touchdowns? David Montgomery for the Bears was correct. Uh, Detroit, Oakland had fifty-five points, so over fifty there is also correct. Doing all right here, yeah? doing all right. No, um, too bad. Yeah. And uh, which player had more passing yards in the Jets Dolphins game? Uh, so I've got. So you Ryan Fitzpatrick, you said, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's correct as well. I think it's about by sixteen or something. Uh, of course, it was a cat that um, spooked uh, Daniel Jones and the rest of the Giants on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yep. And then within twenty, the rushing yards was two hundred and ten, so just outside. Oh. Just sure. outside on that one. So I make that 7 out of 10. Oh great, I'll tell you that. Yeah, 1 minute 56. Oh, I think that warrants a round of applause, ladies <laughs> it? not it? Not bad considering you, uh, how, how much al- uh, alcoholic units you consumed. Yeah, I did
0: um, consume a lot <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Very good. I'm getting too old for that. Oh mate,
1: don't, don't. It's awful, isn't it? Uh, it I, is. I remember the days of eight, like 15 shots and sleeping in baths and getting up the next morning all fine, but there we go.
0: Oh, yes. Nah, yep. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Time time waits for no man. Time is uh, Father time is undefeated, as they say, Jack. <laughs> it
0: is, mate. It is. Um, like I say, I remember the days when he's be able to get in at half four and get up for work at half six the next day. Um, oh. Those days are long gone.
1: Yeah, long gone. <laughs> long gone indeed. It's all, it's all cups of teas and Horlicks now, isn't it? it is well it maybe is. for me maybe <laughs> for me but I'm an old bugger listen Jack thanks for so much for coming on buddy and to say we uh, obviously love you over here at 14 Yards Kicks Matters uh, it's a good podcast make sure you go and listen to that if you're not doing it so already Jack thank you for coming on thanks Tim you're, um,
0: you're doing a great job at 14 Yards I, I listen every week it's a great
1: listen. good effort there from Jack 7 out of 10 so I thought let's uh, go fourth down and let's talk about MVPs Fourth down. Obviously, Lawrence what Russell Wilson is the worthy favorite. Third-round pick back in 2012. 22 touchdowns, one interception on the season. 60%, 68% pass completion percentage. Just over a smidgen over 2,500 yards. Quarterback rating 118. Uh, highest passing TD percentage per throw and lowest interception, obviously, percentage as well. Obviously, this guy's doing it all, isn't he? Uh, obviously, we mentioned about the rapport with Lockett, Metcalf, and you know, he's got the run game to boot too. It's uh, coming off a five TD performance against Tampa Bay. This is a guy who just obviously gets the job done. He complete quarterback can do it with his legs, can do it with his arms. He's he's got the in between his ears as well. Uh, knows how to take avoid and avoid hits, uh, and just knows how to win games as well. Question mark I do have though, Lawrence is, yeah. You know, if they don't win the division, can can he win? the mvp obviously a big game against san francisco on monday night as a pivotal game in terms of that uh, which you could see his odds obviously lengthen and shorten depending on the result but i don't know if you can win the mvp if you don't win the division
2: it's a struggle so i i I've, i've got russell wilson winning this weekend's game and elevating himself and it's it's pretty it's a pretty similar arc to that that Lamar Jackson has had. There's been a lot of positive talk about Lamar Jackson as a um, you know outstanding quarterback, but it was never really he was never really in the MVP running until he beat the Patriots. Mm. And a pretty remarkable statistic from last week's Patriots game, which I forgot to mention earlier, was that Russ that um, Lamar Jackson's three touchdowns last week actually matched the combined seven quarterbacks that had played the patriots mm. from from the, the first seven games yeah. just just unbelievable so it goes to prove that this that this guy is hot so i think russell wilson even if he is a wild card um, entrant still has that ability to be mvp because if the 49ers win their division no one's talking about Jimmy Garoppolo being the MVP. No. Absolutely nobody. So even if the 49ers end up going something like 14 and 2 and the Seahawks finish at 12 and 4, Russell Wilson, I think, is still there mm. to be a, an, an, an MVP winner. Yeah.
1: Let's move on then, Lawrence, to Lamar Jackson. Obviously, took apart the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Favourite of the month, the hot name, the young pretender. Uh, just 15 games, actually, that he's actually started. So, we've not actually got a full season of Lamar Jackson yet. Also he makes his 16th start against the Bengals this week. Obviously, protractors have barked all seasons. His fans, like yourself, have barked right back. Um, fair to say, though, Lawrence, has suppose he does more damage with his legs uh, at this early stage of his career, which is to be expected. 1,332 rush yards in those 15 career starts today. Um, this year, though, 6-2, and two, just two games with an interception, 17 touchdowns at five on the ground. Uh, he's the kind of the epitome of being the offense. You know, part of that run game, he is the, uh, the joystick, isn't he? Uh, so reg- reg- regardless of whether he wins the uh, MVP award or not, he'll surely be attending his pro- first Pro Bowl.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if we look at the statistics... Already this season, he's had three 100 yard running games for a quarterback is pretty insane. He's improving his passing immensely from from where he was as a rookie, and the the two losses that he's had I mean, one was a real squeaker against Kansas City, and then probably the surprise result against the the, the loss against Cleveland but even then he he still had a decent game passing it was just that was his that was when he had that little streak of of interceptions when he had five interceptions over the two weeks but other than that he's had the first three games of the season zero interceptions the the last three games so far zero interceptions this is a, this is a guy who because of his status of being drafted late in the first round the the expectations were a bit lower but as soon as they, they trotted him out on the field, they kept faith with him. And it was really important that, that you know, already as a rookie, he's got playoff experience. So it, it really counts. I mean, everything is, is, is on an upwards trajectory for Lamar Jackson. And I'm just looking forward to him coming back into the playoffs and hopefully to a an, an AFC championship game.
1: Absolutely, and regardless of whether or not uh, Lamar wins, it's uh, certainly the future future is bright for Baltimore Uh, Talking of future is bright Christian McCaffrey, Uh, talk about being the epitome of an offence, this guy is the Carolina Panthers, no Cam Newton no problem, he's got so many messed up muscles he can though carry that weight of the offence on his back Um, It's quite amazing really Lawrence how he's not broken down at any point really this season he's obviously had the niggles that everyone else has got but he's playing north of 95% of snaps uh, for, for a running back, which which is, is ridiculous. Two hundred and seven touches already this season. Uh, no dip in production. Absolutely crazy stuff. Averaging one hundred and ten yards just on the ground. One hundred and fifty scrimmage yards per game, uh, all told. Thirteen touchdowns on the year. Um, you know, record isn't good for a non-QB to win the MVP award. But uh, surely, surely, Lawrence, if um, if someone's going to do it, it's going to be uh, Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he is undoubtedly a beast. 881 yards rushing, 363 yards catching, 79% of the team's rushing output, and to top it off, a quarter of their catches, a quarter of the balls that have been caught by Carolina Panthers players have been caught by Christian McCaffrey. This is, this is one special individual. And, and it still makes me chuckle because obviously I'm ancient I remember his dad, Ed McCaffrey, um, mm. catching passes from John Elway in, in Super Bowls past, so that that lineage is there. So it's, it's terrific to see the, the kind of the spawn of Ed McCaffrey just, just absolutely lighting up the NFL. Mm. And under normal circumstances... He would not be in the running for MVP, but he is having such a special season mm. that I think there is a legitimate chance. And if Kyle Allen can continue to move the ball, score the touchdowns, keep those turnovers low, and just keep feeding Run CMC the ball, there is a legitimate shot that he has at being MVP.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I say not too far off the pace of Chris Johnson's all-time uh, scrimmage record as well. So surely, if he breaks that, he is in uh, with a live shout. Uh, of some other candidates, I say probably not really in the conversation at this point. Deshaun Sean Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, uh, get out of here with that that, that talk. He's saying missed two games, but uh, no doubt that they they, they they love the ground this guy walks on. So um, wouldn't be surprising that he's obviously talked about towards interest. Any other quick contenders from you? As before, the uh, referees come in for the two-minute warning.
2: It's it's miserable to say, but Tom Brady. Yes, he lost last week, but the team is still. Um, you know, they've only had one loss this season, and the 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 one that just won't happen. But as I said earlier, if this person was to break down the entire team, I think will break down, and that's Cooper Cup, the the receiver on the Rams. There's no way he's going to win MVP in a million years. But in terms of being the most valuable player for a team. He is, without doubt, the most valuable um, Rams player. Mm.
1: Yep, fair enough. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll put that out. We'll put the uh, the top three there, Lamar, Wilson and CMC in a vote. And then maybe a, a, a comment underneath. We'll put that out on a vote and let you know the results uh, on Monday's podcast. But here come the referees. Time for the two-minute warning. That's the two-minute warning. Okay, just before we just, uh, just before we go, obviously a couple of things to tell you about. Uh, don't forget all your fantasy stuff. Fantasy podcast was back this week. Me and Rob got down and dirty with week ten. Uh, obviously, all the articles, start sits, uh, waivers, trade targets, and all the rest of it as well. So go give that a uh, go. Give that a little look see over at the full ten yard com uh britball as well did a podcast on that last week and obviously had the results uh, in on uh, yesterday uh, up on the website uh, college stuff um lee and maxwell went through some pretenders and contenders in their most recent podcast go and give that a shout and ladies and gentlemen it's time to give you the winners of the uh, the program uh, give me two seconds let me just bring that up yep so we were giving away two two programs to the jacksonville jaguars game from sunday can you see my my experts uh, my expert skills here do At uh, set <laughs> at doing um, well now 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 i've lost it but there we go um <laughs> give me two
2: seconds uh, did you do, do, do where are okay. they is it was that as many as you could kind of putting your bag on the way out. I'm yeah, I mean, yeah. Handing them out.
1: Yeah, so there was, like, there was literally like 50, 50 to 100 all, mm. uh, all all on a table, all like yeah. just waiting there for picking. I was just like, I just kept going up and saying, oh, I'll take this, oh, I'll take this, I'll take this. Okay, sorry. So the winners, uh, winner one is Robert Tilly, at Robert Tilly, T-I-L-Y. So, um, yeah, if you listen to this, get in touch with us. And, oh, Dallas Cowboys fan as well. well there you go. How about that? It's almost if it was uh, – there you go. And um, So, yeah, congratulations to you. And Dean Jones as well, Dean underscore Wolves. Uh, you are the winner of the second one. So, get in touch with us, slide into our DMs or get, you know, get in contact with us and uh, give us your address. And we'll send those out. But that's going to do it for today's podcast. Lawrence, thanks for joining us, buddy. Uh, we'll speak to you next week.
2: Fantastic. Take
1: care, everybody. And I'll be back in between your ears at the weekend for the betting podcast with Adam, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, It's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full10Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.